wait no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube at The Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, plop us a follow over on Spotify, and or toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host whoever is... Whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm well-rested today, Joe. Yeah? Did you see my tweet from this morning? I did, and I felt <laughs> like we've all been there before. Right? So if you if you didn't, listeners, I when I come home from work, I like to take a little tiny nap yeah. before I play anything or watch anything just so I can give that thing my... The energy it deserves and what I hoped so I can actually like enjoy it instead of like my eyes drooping. Yeah. So I set my alarm for 730 to give me like a 30 minute power nap, whatever. Yeah. Next thing I know, it's 530 in the morning because <laughs> I set my alarm for 730 a.m. and not p.m. Oh. And so I slept for 10 hours on my couch. But Is my have- neck super stiff? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was going to say, but you have to be super well-rested. Yeah, so obviously I needed it, and I know I needed a nice long sleep Yeah, and not push it, but I was like, what that? Where am I? Yeah. What is... How? What? <laughs> Time is an enigma. My body yeah. has betrayed me. Yeah, so I was very, very shocked. Yeah. I, I, I love and hate when that happens, because that happened to me over the weekend, yeah. where my body was a like, sick you show. You know you need it. I also missed out on a night of doing things I want to do. Exactly. Because I'm like, you need extra sleep. So I literally slept from like Friday. I like I, I, I slept from I Friday think like, until today. <laughs> Friday until today. I literally just woke up. And, <laughs> and I like I, I woke up at like eight. And I'm like, no, 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 Joe, you deserve a bigger rest. And then I woke up at 10. But I was just like, well, I wasted my Saturday. Yeah. I wasted it. I hate that. That's why I'm a really big fan of like the three day weekend. Yes. I feel like it's needed. I don't think Thank two you. days is enough. No, it's not. You need one day to get your business in order, one day to have some fun. Yeah. And then the next day to slowly realize you're going to go back to work. Yes. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just- like, it's it's at this point, Joe, I don't know about you. Uh-huh. When people are like, oh, let's do something on the weekend. I'm like, yeah, I. Let's hold off. There's things I want to do at home that I haven't been able to do all week. <laughs> Real talk, Kyle. We just we had to reinstall a window because my best friend Amy broke our window. It's a long story, oh, no. but she's clumsy, and so we had to reinstall this window. But we still have to do the frame, and we have to put in like the you know the like the curtain. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm like, it was, like my dad's talking to me. He's like, yeah, that's like a that's a like that's a good weekend afternoon project. I'm like, what a time frame. So you're either saying the whole weekend or an afternoon. Either way, it's awful. Yeah. Either way, that's time where I could be five feet away at my desk playing a game. Because <laughs> my dad's like, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit here five feet away from the window? Yeah. So right now, we have it literally. It's just like two shirts are my oh, are yes. all the privacy we have. It's oh, so We've been there. It's bougie. It, it's like it's the same thing as like you drive by a car and their window is broken out and it's just a trash bag <laughs> taped to it. That's it's that same kind of vibe. I'm same, okay with that. Same energy. And yeah. then here's the thing, Kyle. 
I feel like ever since we've installed this window, I've just become a trash bag because instead of watching like a show like Severance that I've been really yes. wanting to get into, yes, I've instead been watching season one and two of Flavor of Love. <laughs> And Much like my body needed sleep. Yeah. Sometimes your mind just needs trash TV. Every time, every time Flav kisses anyone on that show, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. this man's using his whole mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, th- this is. Listen, everyone needs a flavor of love. Everyone needs a below deck like I do. Exactly. Like, uh, F Boy Island on HBO Max is a great one. Like, there's a lot of trash reality TV. You just, it's good for the soul. Yeah, I, I, I guess, but I feel like it's making me a dumber person. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. That, that also being said, Kyle, I have some yeah. technical difficulties this episode oh. yeah. because Google Chrome decides it oh. decides every quarter, every like business quarter, that it wants to switch something up. And it switched my my browser instead of it being powered by Google because this is Google Chrome to Yahoo, oh. and I have not used Yahoo since two thousand four. I I, I wish worst. it just made it Ask Jeeves, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or AltaVista or Lycos, yeah, any of the old school ones. What, what's the what's the net? It was like Netflix. Oh, <laughs> it was like net. Network or whatever. Oh, you know what? Net online, I think. I I think you're right. Or net zero. Net zero. There you go. Yeah. Give me net zero. Yeah. You get the the 500 hours of net zero, like in the mail sometimes. So, like, me trying to search up anything for the show just wasn't having it. And I tried to switch my my search engine to Google, like God intended, or at least to Bing, because it just mirrors everything Google anyway. No, it wants Yahoo. Could be worse. What's that? I don't know. It could be worse. <laughs> I feel like I need to bring oh, this whole computer there was, down. Oh, there was a joke that didn't load oh, in okay. my brain. It could be worse. It could be Microsoft Edge. Which <laughs> is what, what I have to work at and use at work. All right. One more joke until we, we talk about PlayStation, I promise. The best meme I've seen is uh, a Rick and Morty meme of a little robot, but instead of the little robot, it's Microsoft Edge and a little robot going... To, to Rick, what is my purpose? It's like, your purpose is for me to install Google Chrome. It's like, my life is a lie. Oh, <laughs> wow. Only, the only purpose of Microsoft Edge. Yeah. But you know what one of the many purposes of the show is? What? To talk about PlayStation. And this Ooh. week, Kyle, I have a feeling. I know. What a, amazing. That we're going to be talking about a lot of acquisitions. Because acquisition season, as they've been saying for years now, is in full swing. <laughs> But I'll believe it when I see it. That said, I saw a little bit. Square Enix is selling its Western devs to Embracer for $300 million. We're going to be talking about WB Games selling off their devs to many interesting buyers. We're also going to be talking about the PlayStation Plus stacking controversy and how PlayStation is hiring its own acquisition managers for the future of inorganic growth coming to Sony platforms so with all that said with all that out of the way it's time for our patreon pitch i want to thank all of you all over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room we say this each and every week it's no joke this platform powers our podcast 
And I that that's a lot, whole lot of peas in one one sentence. I just realized. Nonetheless, it really does. Just this month alone, we helped pay for over I think it's thousand dollars worth of back end stuff that help make us sound good, look good, edit the shows great, and it's all because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room. I want to thank our newest members, Hambone Johnny at the Silver Tier and Reliable Ray at the Bronze Tier. I want to thank our Platinum members, Todd Berwitz and Toxic. I want to thank our Gold members, Too Soon, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, Awesome Dave, Robbie Bobby Miller, and Strubles and Bits. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Naka Chaka. Marcus O'Neill, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadus Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Brenton Zachary, Kay Grimm, Rick Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Good Sir, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Annie Daynell, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Manx Vizia, The Lord, Commander Corgi, Elo2032, Stephen Flesh, Jinx the 21st, Bubble Boy N7, and Jesse Garcia. Thank you all so much for your amazing patronage. And of course, go over to patreon.com slash room to support the show, but get awesome, exclusive content like the post show that we're going to record again after this show. With all that said, with all that out of the way, Kyle, it's time to square up the news. First bit of news that needs to be squared up is from Sam Makovich over at Ars Technica. Sam writes, Square Enix sells all of its Western game studios and their games to Embracer. On Monday, Japanese game publisher Square Enix confirmed that it was selling all three of its Western video game studios, along with many significant game series and intellectual property attached to those studios, to the European game publisher Embracer. The sale includes game studios Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. All three had previously been wholly owned by Square Enix, and Embracer will acquire their entire staffs, combined at roughly 1,100 people, along with popular IPs such as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Legacy of Kane, and a game publishing catalog of, quote, over 50 games, end quote, for $300 million. Not all of the deal's IP has been confirmed thus far, however, and an announcement from Square Enix indicates that its Western operations, quote, will continue to publish franchises such as Just Cause, Outriders, and Life is Strange, end quote. This suggests that Square Enix will retain some of its Western-specific IP and that its future collaborations with Western game makers will come via publishing deals with outside developers. Mm. And in an update from GameRant, New information about Square Enix continues to come out, however, and according to MST Financial, the publisher has lost $200 million between its two Marvel releases. This paints a reasonably clear picture as to why Square Enix would sell off both Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, who worked on Marvel's Avengers and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, respectively. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. So this is a quite surprising news, strictly because who's purchasing them? Right. Because I feel like a few months ago when Crystal was announced to be helping with the initiative, which let's be honest, at this point, they are the initiative. <laughs> they are making yeah, sure. uh, Perfect Dark 2. That that definitely shot up the flare that Crystal is probably going to get acquired by Microsoft somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But to see this news of, you know, even us saying a few months back, Square Enix, this is it. All roads lead to Square. Sony purchasing them up, having the Western devs be brought in to the PlayStation Studios proper. That didn't happen. Instead, it's Embracer 
this umbrella corporation that houses things like THQ and Gearbox that has over 60 plus games it's working on from low range to now triple A range. Mm -hmm. This is unexpected. What was your first thoughts going into it? Uh, or with this announcement, I mean, yeah. For, first thoughts, my my immediate thoughts are two words: uh, highway robbery. <laughs> I really, I really think three hundred million is incredibly low. Yeah, for these teams and these IPs, I, I just feel like Tomb Raider alone is worth that at that price tag because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that franchise has a lot of power behind it still. Sure. Uh, yes, the trilogy ended in probably not the highest of notes. Uh, I, I I know it wasn't nearly talked about as much as the first two, and hell, I didn't even finish it, um, right. and it took me way too long to play the second game. But I still feel Tomb Raider has that sparkle, that magic to it, right? That that the nostalgia, the legacy. Yeah, exactly. Lara yeah. Croft as a character is iconic in right. video games, so. On top of Deus Ex, who which has a massive cult following, mm-hmm. and, and other things like Legacy of Kane that has been dormant for forever, uh, the possibility of it, you know, finally being brought back, which would be super cool. I just feel like it's low, and I'm shocked that they, they, and shocked that they did this for also, yeah. To just have money for NFTs and blockchains, <laughs> yeah, which I mean, made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like taking money just to light it on fire. It's absolutely yeah. And, and I think you're right because like we take a look at because people are like, look at the the investments from Marvel, you know, the Marvel properties and pay off. Which I get it. You're only remembered for your your, your latest hit, right, or the mm-hmm. latest album. I get it. At the same exact time, though, three studios, Crystal Dynamics, Eidos, alone, two huge ones, Square Enix, Montreal, probably the, the smaller of, but like all of it for $300 million, where you take a look at like PlayStation's acquisition of Insomniac, which is what I think like just off the top of my head, it's somewhere around the lines of like 200 to $220 million. Let me, let me find that out. Yeah, it's. It really just comes off of like in, I mean, this is not even alongside the IP. Yeah, you're right. $229 million. Oh, I was so close. Look at that. You're pretty close. Like you take all that into consideration with Tomb Raider and it going 300 million. It kind of just seems like Square Enix just wanted to unload these developers. They didn't have the cost. They didn't have, I think, the people gawking at them for these 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 studios and mm-hmm. to be honest it's a risk you know you're buying these studios and you you don't know what they're actually going to be able to output like look at marvel's avengers you're again you're only remembered for your last hit it it didn't light the world on fire it is the avengers it's one of the most iconic if not the most iconic franchise out there and it 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 lost your money oof same with Guardians, as much as we love Guardians. Yeah, I, as much as everyone who's played it loves Guardians. Exactly. It it didn't light up monetarily. Now, I put the blame on Square. Oh, absolutely. you didn't give, yeah. to me, I feel like, the tools to the Avengers team to successfully pull off a games-to-service game. Or the time. 
because that that game was was rough when it first came yeah. out. And I don't think they gave the Guardians team enough spotlight to prove that this wasn't Avengers. So, because yes, when you think about it, Guardians was shown off at E3, mm-hmm. and then six months later was out. And I feel like in the middle there, there was no like reminder or big push to be like, "Hey, this, this is-, is like a proper Marvel single player." massive thing yeah you should be excited for this yeah like there were no like big previews that i remember for it so i think it had the cover of game informer okay that's good but other but other than that but like nothing monumental yeah i think so like to me i i feel like it's not the studios that were let down it was i mean it was square so to me it's it's like a it's it's like a this story is a great story, good story, and bad story all rolled into one. Because I yeah. feel like with these studios going to Embracer, I would assume that Embracer, both Western-based uh, um, organizations, I think uh, Embracer is Swedish. Um, so like they're kind of going to kind of get each other, and their expectations, I think, are going to be in set better at Embracer. Like I know from secondhand sources that there are people that walked into the the meeting because the devs found out once we found out that were really nervous about what the future for their jobs and, and everybody was going to be. And they walked out incredibly optimistic, which is great to hear when you saw for months, it seemed like Square Enix was like trashing their own devs uh, with, with the beef with, with Crystal. So to me, it's, yeah. it's great that they're, they, they got a realignment. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's good for us because what, was going to be multi-platform is going to stay multi-platform. But I feel like, Kyle, mm-hmm. this is bad for Square because it feels like overnight they went from something global. We're this brand that reaches and is in all different avenues of gaming and now is solely in Japan, it seems. And Yeah, and also these, these three examples, right? are different from what they're known for. Yeah. When you think Square Enix, you think RPGs. Mm-hmm. Yes, Deus Ex is an RPG, uh, but different kind, right. right? Like, you got rid of every other genre that you were doing from an internal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, they're still publishing Just Cause, Outriders, and Life is Strange, and whatnot. But, like, things that come straight from you, you got rid of everything that isn't an RPG. Yeah. Which is weird. It is weird. And it when goes. You, when you think of Square Enix wanting to be this huge, big umbrella company. Yeah. And it goes into Cypher Primus's question, which you could write in via at PS Trophy Room on Twitter, or you could join our Discord at the Trophy Room Discord link in the description. Cypher says, How do you feel about Square Enix's CEO and his decisions about pretty much everything? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point it's all downhill unless Sony or someone steps in to buy them. Because mm. you're right, Kyle. What you hinted at earlier, the CEO straight up said, "All right, we're going to use this money. We're going to throw it at the blockchain. We're going to use this investment to to put investments in NFTs, NFTs." Which I'm not an NFT bro, so please, little mini Elons. Don't, don't come at me. Don't in, yeah. Don't invite them to explain to you. What yeah. Please don't give me your crude drawings that don't make any sense of pie charts or whatnot. There was a funny joke on the way to work today. I heard on the radio. Please show. go for it. Yeah. Uh, he was like, what's the quickest way to fall asleep? Having trouble fall asleep? 
Just find a crypto bro to explain NFT and crypto to you. All right, bro. Listen, you're not getting it. <laughs> it's like a baseball card. No. Here's the thing. NFT market crashed from a uh, 92 points from its from its high. 92% from its high. Seems like, like things are going great. Literally the day after the sale happened. Yeah. It it, it just seems so nearsighted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What what say like it sounds it's it sounds nearsighted. It sounds desperate. Yeah, it it feels like the CEO just caught wind of like Ubisoft trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, we're late to the game. Let's get on it before something bad happens. And they were so late that it feels like the <laughs> it feels like there's no coming out of it. Yeah, if, it's the same remorse that I feel when I trade uh, used to trade in games to GameStop. Oh God, that's so. Oh yes, <laughs> right. Like I. Uh, yeah. I know I want to keep it on my shelf, but in order for me to stay current with things that I want to play and being able to afford them, I have to trade you in. Yeah. And feel real bad about it afterwards. And you're going to have regrets. And, and eventually, like, spoiler alert, I end up buying the game again in the yeah. future. But it's just like, it's that same remorse I feel. Like, oh, we just sold this for $300 million to do this thing. And then the day after, this thing crashes real bad. And burns. And so to me, I was thinking about, because my initial reaction was like, again, wow, I'm surprised it's Embracer and not like Microsoft, to be honest. But the second part of me, I was thinking it and then Jeff Grubb literally tweeted it. This to me seems like Square Enix is stripping down to be sold off. Um, and that actually leads to our second question. This comes from Toxic, who writes in. I'm really curious if you guys think that Square Enix giving up Crystal Dynamics devalues the potential deal of Sony acquiring Square outright. Or do you think that this deal is happens to decrease the likelihood that Sony acquires Square Enix at all? For me personally, I'm more geared towards Final Fantasy going to Sony, but I liked uh, the Tomb Raider games a lot and sad to see the property leave square in this manner. Kyle, what say you? Joe. Do you think this devalues it? Because honestly, I- I- I've been saying it since January. All roads lead to square and I feel like mm. the roads are now paved. Sure. With, with a lot of arrows and directions. Like, <laughs> arrows, way, directions, exclamation points. Yeah. Um, I do feel like it becomes less attractive. Why? Because I I feel like a big part of Square Enix were those three studios. Because uh, mm-hmm. when you think of what other stu- can you name any other studios that they have currently now? Oh no, because it's all like ambiguous. Yeah, it's Luminous, the right. Forspoken, and then it's Square Enix who make Final Fantasy. Exactly, and they're all like little mini teams within teams. Yeah. And, yeah. So like when I think Square, I thought of those in addition to proper Square Enix who make Final Fantasy stuff and Kingdom Hearts and whatnot. So I do feel like it, it it's less appealing. Mm-hmm. Still, I think it would be a good get because it fills in the gaps that PlayStation Studios currently has being mm-hmm. RPGs in the the Japanese market. But I it would have been better if it was the full thing with, with Crystal Dynamics, even though that does also prevent a problem of having Uncharted and Tomb Raider under the same roof. That is exactly why you don't yeah. see it happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably exactly the reason as to why Sony doesn't want the, the 
the the western side of square like as much as i love those teams and i think yeah. they're incredibly talented mm-hmm. again you're only as good as your latest hit and um those weren't hits right as much as we love them and those contracts with those games and those developers are something that you have to look at if you're sony do you really want to make a guardians of the galaxy if you can't make it exclusive sure yeah. no right do you want to make an avengers game if you can't make it exclusive no you already have spider-man so you're like you're pretty good on the superhero front and wolverine so you're pretty yeah. good on the superhero front and the marvel front if you're looking at tomb raider tomb raider is great but you know in 38 8 million sales ain't nothing to scoff at but like uncharted i think four alone sold over 10 plus million units and that's just on one platform right mm. so if you're Sony, you're like, I already have a better Tomb Raider than you. Sorry, no offense. Uncharted 4, 15. 15. Million. 15. Think of that. One game alone, and, uh, 15 I, I think, million. I think we looked it up earlier. The Tomb Raider 38. trilogy, 38 million. So All three. For if you're PlayStation, you're good. You're, you're good on it. And there's no, no, again, shade towards Tomb Raider or anything. They're oh, fantastic. not at all. Yeah. I, I, I felt like this was a purchase for Microsoft to make, but maybe having that Indiana Jones game, you don't even need it anyway. Cause you, you got it in your portfolio. So sure. I think just portfolio wise, it doesn't work. And yeah. that's why I think it's actually now more possible. Like I genuinely think this, the square Enix CEO is saying a whole lot of nonsense to hide the fact that he's, he's taking this company and he's looking for buyers. Cause I would be surprised if by the end of the year, Square Enix is still an independent publisher, mm. I definitely think they go to Sony or Tencent. I, I I I see that as the case, and whether that's good or bad for you depends on if you're a Nintendo player, and that's what Nasty Boots writes in. He goes, "Real talk: If Sony buys Square Enix, would they cough up?" the Final Fantasy budgets and posting games onto other systems is a stable for that company. Dragon Quest and Dragon uh, Quest Builders, for example, are so great on the Switch and also the strategy games, uh, Triangle Strategy and Octopath Traveler. Sorry, Traveler games. Um, Do you see Sony operations? I'm sorry. Example to be great on the Switch. Do you see Sony operations uh, of Square Enix running similar and final question, and I'm going hard. What game would Square Enix catalog uh, would you like to give to a Sony studio uh, and why? So let's let's get this point by point. Would Sony still allow Square Enix to publish games and port games over to places like Nintendo Switch? You think, you feel? I feel like that would be smart. Let them burn. <laughs> Let them burn. You know? I just—it's that same reason why I feel like. Go to hell, Nintendo. <laughs> I, it's the same reason why I feel like Microsoft allow, what is going to allow Call of Duty to be multi-platform. Sure. It's extra money. Yeah. I, so I. It, it, uh, yes, it does cost money. Yeah. But I—I feel like it's a no-brainer on that point. Yeah, but we're also dealing with Sony. Sony yeah. likes to deal with. Absolutely. They they sometimes I feel like Sony talks and they think they they are the only ones in the room. Sure, you know I get that. Like I I, I always bring this up and I it bears repeating. I do think seeing how well MLB the show is doing on Xbox 
mm-hmm. is going to change their mind a little bit of of having their games quote unquote be multi platform in some regards. I don't think you'll see their th- many of their games come to Xbox. But I think you would see some yes. of those games come to yeah. Nintendo. Maybe that's what that's what I mean. But yeah. I also feel like Sony is that type of company going. We just bought this thing, and so it is ours. <laughs> it's mine. And uh, now we get the chrono, you know, triggers Trigger. or whatever. Ooh, you know, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 something. I, I, I this is going to be a very interesting next few months for sure but i definitely think that the, all roads paved it's practically the autobahn there are no stop signs <laughs> all of it is a go um, yeah. that being said any any square enix game you'd like to see get tackled by another publisher or sorry another studio within sony and why? maybe not maybe not within sony but mm-hmm. if they end up buying square enix this may be Give me hope to f- finish Final Fantasy VII Remake in my lifetime. <laughs> Maybe Fair they'll s- they'll sit them down like, listen, we can't go seven years in between games. Yeah, this is nuts. What are we doing here? Here's the game plan. Right. Every three years, we get the next part or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Maybe they give like a clunk on Nakamura's head going, knock it off with the naming conventions. You know, forget uh, about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, dude. You know what? I'd I'd love to see Sucker Punch Sorry, handle Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts Ooh, think about that, dude. Think about the, like the the sword play, the combat, and then like they've done so much with like powers that you can have like yeah, cool casting abilities and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, I mean, it's a safe answer nowadays, but Insomniac doing Kingdom Hearts would be cool. Shit, right? I know. It's like it seems like Insomniac. It's like pay the yeah. Mona Lisa. You got it. Yeah. We can walk away from you. Ooh, give Kingdom Hearts to Naughty Dog and make it really Shit. dark. <laughs> Sora dies. No, it's not Sora. It's Donald. <laughs> Keyblade to the head. I'm I'm just thinking of like Goofy on the floor panting. Oh gosh, gosh. Oh, I'm sorry, Sora. <laughs> and then, bam! Golf club straight uh, to the dome. Goofy out. Oh, man. And like when you hear it, it's like the comical clunk, and you just hear. I don't know. Oh no. Yeah. There you uh. go. That's what I would do. Oh my god. I had a serious answer, but I'm gonna go with the joke. Is is Mini Abby in this game? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and she's like a it. great character through and through. Yeah, she's, absolutely she is. <sighs> Who would be oh, well, Ellie would have uh, to be. Let's Sora see, let's do a serious regard. answer. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're doing this weird fanfic. <laughs> yeah. Um personally I would like to see Gorilla handle Final Fantasy. I was just I just looked up at the Horizon Zero Dawn poster. I was like, you know what? I can see it. Yeah. I can see the uh, rock of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Any more? Any more? I'm trying to think. I I, I think a media molecule uh, Dragon Quest game would be cool. Dude. Or Pixel Opus. Damn it. I was about to say, yeah, Pixel Opus. Pixel Opus would be cool. Even having, um, oh my God, like the Astro team. 
working on like oh, a Final Team Fantasy. Asobi. Yeah, Team Asobi working on like a Final Fantasy Tactics. Ooh. That'd be neato, gang. Or a platformer where you're a Moogle. Ooh. I'd be down for that. All right. There you go. See, look it. We got ideas. Someone yeah. hired us. Gosh darn it. That's it, Kyle. Let's handle the next story on the list, good sir. Uh, PS Lifestyle, uh, Zarmina Khan writes, a rumor, Sony and Microsoft among companies interested in purchasing Warner Brothers Studio. Rumor has it that Sony is eyeing Warner Brothers Discovery's development studios for future PlayStation acquisitions as the company is looking to offload its development teams and license its IPs. That's according to Kind of Funny's Imran Khan, who claims to have heard a decent bit of chatter. How old is this? Imran's not at Kind of Funny. I know, that's why I'm literally... <laughs> Zermina. <laughs> Uh, a decent that's, bit that's of chatter. One, about that's one WB, strike for you, Zermina. One strike. Uh, about WB Discovery, quote, shopping their game development studios around, end quote. Interestingly, it was exactly a year ago that we heard reports of WB wanting to do away with its game development wing, especially following its merger with Discovery. But the company denied this report at the time. Will there be more PlayStation acquisitions this year? Sony has made it abundantly clear that it's not done with acquisitions yet, but the company's acquisitions have been on a completely different trajectory than Microsoft's. The latter has been purchasing entire publishing houses, while the former has focused on studios that it has been working with. If what Khan had heard is true, it looks like WB wants to sell its development studios but only license popular IPs, which include big hits that are too many to name. We're talking Mortal Kombat, Batman, Middle Earth, and the list goes on. At present, WB owns a number of high-profile studios, including NetherRealm, Rocksteady, Avalanche Software, Monolith, and TT Games. Traveler's Tales. Uh, MKen10 writes in. Hello, Matt Kennedy here. Hello, Mr. Hi, Kennedy. Matt. Oh, I love it because he, he's, he's, he's asking like an old-timey reporter. He's like, Matt Kennedy from the star here. Yeah. Um, with a WB Games question, it seems as though Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to sell off their game development studios, but these are all for sold separately, or do they fall under the WB Games division like an umbrella, if you will? If that being said, how rad would it be for, to have PlayStation have Spider-Man and Batman? Then again, the license doesn't come with the sale, correct? So my big question is, are developers like Rocksteady, Monolith, worth it without the rights to epic names such as Batman and the Lord of the Rings Middle Earth? Or purchasing these develop developers give them the freedom to create their own original IP? Is it too good to pass up? Oh, my God. Great question, Matt. This is, remember when we were oh, doing the post the show? One? And yeah. I was like, this okay. is a chef's kiss question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great question. What a great question, Matt. What yeah. a great one. So, uh, go for it, Kyle. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, I think if purchasing WB Studios is on the table. Yeah. To me, I feel like this is more attractive than Square Enix right now. Oh, really? Because I, I look at those studios right there, and those are some talented-ass studios. Yeah. And, and I think they will fit extremely well. They will still do what PlayStation Studios does with some of them. But also add like NetherRealm fighting uh, and yeah. PlayStation owning Evo. Yeah. Like that that's just synergy at all levels. <laughs> synergy. Uh, synergy. <laughs> uh, I personally would love that acquisition. Yeah. I think I think no matter who, if they if WB ends up selling their development things to mm -hmm. Microsoft, PlayStation, 
Nintendo wants to throw everything at it. Who knows? <laughs> I feel like they're not going to buy it without some sort of IP. Yeah. I feel like if they don't come away with at least a couple of the IP, I don't know if it's worth it. However. Okay. Okay. Buy Rocksteady and just make them make anything, really. <laughs> make them make like, a Daredevil game. I Not even that. Like I I would love to see an original IP from Rocksteady. Ooh, okay. I would love to see NetherRealm do PlayStation ba- All-Stars Battle Royale. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- th- there, are, there are so many things that they can do with new tools and new things or just original things like i'm excited imagine netherrealm doing something that is not mortal Kombat, or uh like a new fighter with brand new things with everything they've learned man i I get it listen like you're hyped you're getting me excited for this but i think there's a reason why nobody's bought these studios yet look it's gonna be pricey it's pricey It's been years of rumor and speculation, uh, but we're seeing more people again out of the woodwork confirming that this is the way that WB wants to sell these things. Because right now, you know, WB Discovery just merged. They are cutting the fat. They are trying to just focus on what makes them them. And games is very expensive to not just get into, but also maintain. You're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to make these these games. It's massive budgets. So I think if you're WB, you're like, let's just focus on the stuff that put us here. Let's focus on HBO. Let's focus on Batman. Let's get the DCEU right before we start trying to make content on our own outside of, of entertainment like, like TVs and film. So when I see this WB acquisition, I can understand why these, these studios are hard to, to sell. Because here's the thing. Don't laugh at me. That pause was a little too long. I had a little indigestion. Okay. <laughs> it was yeah. the coffee. I blame yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. But it's they're hard to sell because take a look. Like, Rocksteady's great. They've made yeah. some of the best, if not the best, superhero franchise ever, which is yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Right? They're making Suicide Squad. We got a lot of faith. Yes. But Bioware is really good at Dragon Age, and Bioware was really good at making Mass Effect. Uh-huh. And then they went off to make Anthem. I, what I'm saying I, sure. here is, yes, Rocksteady is a very talented studio, just like Bioware is a talented studio. Uh-huh. But to take them alone and go make something new isn't a guaranteed hit. Sure. Nothing's guaranteed. It's still a major risk for... Sure any of these studios to make anything outside what not just people know them for, but what they're known for. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking this is actually harder to pull off than, than what I think, you know, square was able to do. I mean, look at square sold tomb Raider and, and then multiple studios for 300 million. And now I'm not saying tomb Raider equals Batman, not, not one bit, uh but to tell a company, Hey, buy this studio and get no royalties from their past games. And here's a really expensive license that you will not own. That's a hard sell, Kyle. Sure. Right. I get that. Yeah. So for me, I can understand why Microsoft's like, well, I want Rocksteady. I want Batman, but I don't want it to be multi-platform. Or mm-hmm. Sony going, I want Batman. I don't want it to be multi-platform, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't want these licensing fees. I want to put this on Game Pass or I want to put this on PlayStation Now, whatever the case may be. 
that's where I think PlayStation and Microsoft are kind of out of it in, in terms of deals like that. And where I think, and you're going to hate me for this, where Rocksteady is going to probably find a home, what I feel is 2K. Is oh, is companies like EA, mm. and even if you're if you're a company like EA, you, you again, it's hard to make games, let alone yeah. games in 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 certain IP that people love. Look at what EA did to Star Wars. Sure, <laughs> Look what it did to my boy. So again, it's it's a hard ask. It's a hard it's a hard thing to kind of gauge. But I kind of feel like whatever superhero IP is tied to uh, uh, certain you know, developers like Rock Study. Mm-hmm. I see him going with 2K, man. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. I could also see like um, Amazon buying Monolith, right? Just having yeah. all Lord of Rings under one umbrella. You know what I mean? I actually don't hate that. That actually makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you have Monolith coming out there. Traveler's Tale is tricky, though. Traveler's Tale. I said Lego. Well, kind of, sort of. I think they go with 2K as well. That's fair. Because I know they have they have like a Lego baseball game that working on with 2K. Oh, that's totally right. Yes, I'm so, excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember why. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. It's intriguing for it's sure. It's intriguing. Yeah, it's intriguing for sure. And Avalanche is doing the Xbox exclusive, right? Contraband? No, you're no. Is this, that not Avalanche? I think it's a different Avalanche. But oh, this one is doing the Harry Potter games. Or the Harry Potter game. Or maybe they could be in the same umbrella. You're you're Googling yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. on the case. Hey, while you're Googling, Clear Wings XYZ writes, Do you think PlayStation will buy NetherRealm so that they can have a first party? fighting game developer it seems like a good strategy considering that they just bought evo kyle out of all these developers here i gotta agree with clear wings man i think the the studio that playstation probably wants and will walk away from with is netherrealm because i believe i believe when netherrealm sold itself to wb it still has the rights to mortal kombat so if Sony and WB are able to negotiate that IP, wiggle it away from uh, WB and just get it to Sony side, I think that this is what you want. It cements that that Evo staple to always be there because I believe like games like Super Smash Brothers have kind of seen their way out of the Evo uh, League tournament. So if you can have and make sure that one of these staples is going to stay to help maintain that event, it's definitely 110% Netherrealm. What do you think? Yeah, I think out of those, if they could just buy one, I think Netherrealm is the most attractive. Yeah. Um, So that does make sense. Because like you said, when you were talking about like Rocksteady, they're so intrinsically tied to DC and Batman. Yeah. But Netherrealm just knows how to make a good fighter, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So even if, which is also weird, like they don't own Mortal Kombat IP. Yeah, they don't own the game IP. From what that's I very remember. strange, uh, but like if if that's if that's the case, I would trust them. Like you said, they know that they're a good fighting game studio. Yeah, yeah. so the, I, they're going to make something 
worthy enough to stand on its own. Yeah. I actually think out of all these companies here, I, I'm pretty sure, and maybe someone will correct me that, uh, that I'm wrong. It's probably either them, between them and Rocksteady, of who has the best track record oh, yeah. of a studio in, the, in, the, in their lineup. Yeah. And you're totally right. Avalanche is different. Yeah. I, Contraband is Av- Avalanche Studios Group. Yeah. And Avalanche... That's what WB is, yeah, making the Harry Potter game. I think it's just the area of which those two studios are from, like mm. Avalanche, mm. Sweden, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very <laughs> odd that there's two completely different. I know it. It, it threw me through a loop <laughs> when I first found out. It was like it was like yeah. the spinning dice in, in uh, Inception. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I think everybody's gonna walk away with a little bit of something here. Yeah, I don't sure. I, I don't see how anybody doesn't walk away with mm-hmm. any of it. And the one reason why I say it's probably not Rocksteady is if I'm Sony and I've already aligned myself with so many Marvel IP, do I want a WBIP? And I get it. It's Batman. Don't yeah. get me wrong here. Uh-huh. But it's also Batman and you yeah. have Spider-Man and Marvel and WB or DC have a very weird thing of. If one person shows up to the party, we can't be there. Vice versa. That's not entirely true. No? Uh, Batman Arkham VR was exclusive on PSVR for a little bit. But but I want... Rockstar Batman stuff has been tied to PlayStation. Marvel Spider-Man were shown off in the same press conference as Batman Arkham VR. Okay, then you know what? You, you got me fooled. So they, they were both in the same press conference. You, you outlawed me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's where you were going with it. I had it ready. Because I was saying, can you remember a time where you saw Batman IP with a Spider-Man IP? Yep. Yeah, okay. that was one of the greatest conferences of all time. Well, shit. Amber Heard, <laughs> hire me as a lawyer. I think I'm going to do a bang-up job. Honest to goodness. All right. Also, before it gets too far further away, there's a thing I wanted to mention about Tomb Raider. Please, really quickly. Now that it's part of Embracer Group, yeah, put Lara Croft in a Borderlands game so I could raid a vault as as Lara Croft. Oh my God! Yes, please. Since they're all under the same umbrella now, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Kyle, any last uh, you know ideas, thoughts? No, it just. When it comes from the acquisition front, and we all get it, it's very unnerving that all these studios are getting bought up by the big guys. Yeah. It's still very exciting that these kind of talks are happening. It's, it, it's you never know, like, week to week, what is What's now going to be underneath my gaming ecosystem of choice. Yeah. You know? This is the reality that I live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. no matter if I le- love it or hate it, it's it's going to happen, which you know, we'll, there's more acquisition talk as this episode goes into it. But oh boy, that said, a little bit of an update in this next story from last week's show. So take yeah. it away, Kyle. Tom Ivan from VGC. See, I got it right that time. Oh, you, you made fun of me for it the other week. Uh, <laughs> Ubisoft ju- shares jumped 10% following new takeover report. Ubisoft shares jumped 10% on Wednesday following new claims about a potential takeover of the Assassin's Creed publisher. According to Equities News and Data Service Deal Reporter via Seeking Alpha, the company's founding Guimont family is considering teaming up with a private equity firm to inquire the company. The Guimont family holds 15.9% of Ubisoft shares and 22.3% of the voting shares. 
Deal Reporter's article reportedly claims the Finley wants to retain operational control of the company and could partner with a private equity firm to scupper a possible takeover bid. Bloomberg reported last Friday that the French company behind the Rainbow Six and Far Cry series was attracting takeover interest from several private equity firms, including Blackstone Inc. and KKR and Company. Quote, Ubisoft hasn't entered into any serious negotiations with potential acquirers, and it's unclear whether its major shareholder is willing to pursue a deal, end quote, the publication said. Very interesting. Very weird. The Gamonts do not want to give this baby up. They definitely do not. And it's, I can only equate this to being a Mets fan all my life. Yeah. The previous owners, the Wilpons, were awful running the team (laughs) and didn't do what was right by the team and its fans. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about the Yamont family and Ubisoft. Right. They're not doing a bang up job with all their studios. And they need there needs to be a change in leadership. Yeah. And I think, I mean, from the toxic workplace environments to just what seems like an overbloated company. Yeah. Um, something's got to give here. And I definitely feel like it is about time the Guimonts try to sell this thing. Now, that being said, it's kind of sad that it's only private equity groups that don't give a shit other than to just, you know. Like you said last week, like raise the price and then sell it. Exactly. It's yeah. that's the that's the whole thing is to make this company incredibly lean so that someone else can buy it. They're not in it for the art. At least Gamont seemingly yeah. was at least in the beginning about making some quality games. But it does mm-hmm. seem like they they gotta go. They really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. That being said, very interesting of where that's gonna lead. But you know what's not very interesting? It makes me really really upset. Uh, stacking of PS Plus. That's right. Take it away, Kyle. Sermina Khan, you have another shot. <laughs> you got one Just more. Saying. You got one Strike more. Sermina Khan from PS Lifestyle writes, Sony confirms that it has blocked PS Plus subscription stacking. Sony has officially confirmed that it has blocked PS Plus stacking ahead of the new services rollout. Quote, unquote, officially confirmed is putting it nicely because the company didn't release a statement on the matter. As discovered by Reset Era users, the official PS Plus fact was quietly updated overnight after days of backlash. For the uninitiated, players discovered that they were unable to renew their their subscriptions online or redeem legitimately purchased subscription codes. At first, everyone, and us included, that's Zermina, assumed that it was a glitch on Sony's end, but upon being contacted, the support team informed users that code redemption is temporarily suspended without explaining why. PS Plus stacking isn't against Sony's terms of service and has been a common practice for a long time. The problem occurred when the company announced that players who are subscribed to PS Plus and PS Now will be converted to PS Plus Premium under the new system for the duration of their longest subscription. And thus Sony advertised a loophole that players immediately jumped to take advantage of. With PS Plus being the cheaper option, folks decided to start stacking on PS Plus subscription codes immediately. Quote, as we prepare to launch the new PlayStation Plus membership service, we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for all of our existing members, the fact reads. As part of this work, we've temporarily disabled stacking memberships for existing customers until after the launch. Rest assured that your voucher code is still valid, and you will be able to redeem your code either when your existing membership expires and deactivates, or after the new PlayStation Plus service launches in your area, whichever happens first, end quote. 
I put out a little tweet that got like semi-viral. That was like, I think Sony Did is you? dropping. Yeah. I think Sony is dropping the ball. Humble this is like a week ago. This is like, I know, humble brag. But I, I think Sony's dropping the ball here, man. This rollout's bad. Oh, yeah. I, I I don't see how you can say it's good in any. I mean, because like what you said last week, it, it echoes. Like, we don't know what these games look like. The catalog, we don't know what it looks like. But the day that happens is when we kind of can make our final assessment of what the service is me sitting here right now like i put out the chart that playstation has Mm -hmm. if you're this member that member or premium member and it's like this just five like not i got five bullet point just presentation of what converts into what it's confusing I don't like it very much. And then on top of the confusing pie chart that they put out there, they put out this, well, they don't even put it out there. They do it silently, preventing people from stacking your PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus together in order to, yeah, get a better deal. <laughs> it's what I did. It's what so many other people did. Yeah. Was you know A few weeks back, we saw PlayStation Now was was incredibly cheap so we just bought a whole couple of stacks of it i have about like three and a half years worth of just playstation uh well now playstation premium because of the way Mm -hmm. their stacking system works so what they do is they just turn it off and without telling anybody and Uh i think that's like the cardinal sin is that they did this without telling people so not to say that they were wrong in doing so but they should have been open and honest. Like Muffin Man writes in going, do you think the backlash to Sony blocking stacking could have been prevented if they had announced it ahead of time that they were stopping it and told people, hey, your X number of days to stack subscriptions. I understand Sony did not want people stacking years of PlayStation Plus to then buy one month of PlayStation Now before it launched and then have premium for years. At the cut rate price, it feels a bit sketchy. Luckily, I was able to stack two years of PlayStation Now through the website exploit a month ago, but people that waited are now missing out on savings, which again, it makes us, <laughs> it does paint people like me a bit of a villain because yeah, we are taking advantage of of the stacking. So I, I understand they should have just said, right? Because this exploit, let's be honest, it's there. And yes, if I'm PlayStation, I want to step in and I want to stop it. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure that I'm, before I'm doing it, I, I'm giving people a heads up. Even if it's like the day after or just the hour after you find the exploit going, hey, w- this is what we're, we're doing right here, right now. You not even give people time to do it. Just give them the warning that you're going to do it so that people don't feel like I feel like there are people that probably stack unknowingly. Not to save money, but they're like, oh, like PlayStation Now is on sale, so let me just buy it and then just stack it to the to the to their account, and they don't know that they're being screwed. Sure. What what say you, Kyle? Am I just I, a scumbag? No, I'm, you're no. I feel no like one a scumbag is a, now. I'm saying no one is a scumbag for for doing this. Like I I have years of PS Plus. All right, good. All right, good. Um, uh, to me though, I feel like. I do feel like it's being blown out of proportion just a little bit. Yeah. Because they've only temporarily stopped it 
until the service launches. Fair enough. Then you can stack. That I think that's a minor detail I feel like a lot of people are missing out on. Right. Like e- even in the quote I said, like it, until the service starts, we are, we have blocked the code redemption. But afterwards, you'll be able to redeem your code like usual. Okay. So I, f- I feel like they can't stop the stacking completely. Yes, the conversion rates on what converts is stupid. Mm-hmm. A year of PS Now is not equal to a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like like, it's, it's only like, half a year. So PS Plus and PS Now is equal to one year yeah. only. Um, so that conversion thing still stinks. But I do think stacking will be back. Sure. Like it's not gone forever. I think that's going to be incredibly hard to get rid of. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Drellish writes in. He has, the, I, he has multiple questions, but they all kind of merge into one. Mm-hmm. Question number one. Why? Why does Sony do such a poor job at communicating about the PlayStation Plus membership? Two. Why <laughs> are they forcing time-limited game trials to spice up PlayStation Premium tier without having cleared this with respected developers in advance? I feel like Sony releases state-of-the-art first-person narrative games, but miss the boat completely when it comes to communicating effectively with their audience. Three, will these effects of back communication communication brings Sony into a difficult position. To what extent can we blame it on cultural differences? And to what extent is it just bad business practices? Love to hear your thoughts. Hmm. There is miscommunication, I think, between PlayStation and its fans. And I do think this is Sony trying to see... I say this all the time. Sony tries to find out how much they can Nintendo before it backfires. Sure, yeah. Which is what most businesses do, which is they they see how much they can get from you, how much you're willing to to take, how much you're willing to give, how much they're they'll push back on mm-hmm. with certain announcements. And I feel like with the the launch of the PlayStation Five, it's not that they're arrogant, Sony. They are. Let's see how we could we could push them, Sony. <laughs> It, it goes back I don't know to which one's worse. It goes back to what I've been saying on the show f- forever. It feels like, yeah, it feels like the Sony's, the Microsofts, not really Nintendo. They're in their own bubble. Yeah, but like, God bless them. They switch every generation. Yeah, right. Like, play. Sony was killing it with PS4 for the first six years, whatever it was. Yeah, and then they they were on top of the world, and then they slowly started to switch with Xbox. Mm-hmm. And Xbox was doing a real poor job, and then Game Pass kind of, like, brought them up, and now they've switched, and now they're on the opposite sides, where Xbox is killing the game, and Sony's dropping the ball. And then eventually, they're going to slowly make their way to the other side again. It's just cyclical. And it happens every generation. So, yeah, Sony is really shit in the bed right now. Uh, they need to do a better job at communicating about what they're doing. This PS Plus membership, I feel, is hastily put together. Yeah. And they were not ready. And they, they had some sort of, like, pressure, I guess, to put it out. Yeah. Shareholder pressure. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably not ready. Was it ready yet? Um, But, yeah, they got to do a better job of talking about it. Like, I do think it's more... 
bad business practices to the the third question and less cultural differences. Yeah, I I think it's it's not even bad business decision. It's silly decisions. It's silly. Yeah, it's unneeded business decisions. Yeah, like again, there's no reason why PlayStation Plus tier system needed to be rolled out the way it it has or communicated communicated the way that it has Mm -hmm. and i think there are just certain things that playstation still doesn't get right when it comes to how it needs to talk to its audience talk to us like people i feel like their their twitter handles are starting to get it Mm -hmm. they're starting to have fun with it i what i want playstation to do is understand that this is a company of fun have fun with us talk to us share some jokes share some dank memes you know just be with the community a little bit because yeah. yeah. it still feels too much like a business contract that I have signed on Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they'll talk to us whenever. Uh-huh. Just, I, I agree here. Uh, this has been a bit of a mess or not mess. Just it's been confusing, a bit confusing. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't need to, this is a month or we're, we're about to approach a month until this, thing comes out in our area we have no idea what comes in it we just know how to pay for it and that's bad absolutely but again at the same exact time nintendo charges you for online support without voice commands and it does incredibly well yeah so how much does this really matter not a whole lot Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think there is some aggravation and some pent-up energy by the playstation audience that i think they're indirectly pointing at other groups because they just i get it you're aggravated you want playstation to talk about god of war and that's not happened yet right um you want playstation to make a deal the size of activision blizzard for them to not to say prove themselves to you but to show that they're in it with that same energy and you know um ferocity but they are again at the same exact time smaller company covid covid has affected them greatly in terms of what we're about to talk about uh, in a bit chip shortages. So there's a lot at play here, but I I think their communications all over the place because the global condition that we find ourselves in is ever changing and still mucking things up for the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's play our new weekly segment called, What are we going to learn about what games are in this service? (laughs) I know we talked about it last week, but this week, New answers, maybe? Joe, what are we going to hear about what games are in the service? Man, it's so crazy because like every other week, it seems like they're like a couple of PlayStation portable games have, you know. Been rated. Been rated. And it's just like, that's not news to me. That's just something that should happen. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not going to list you off like Cypher Filter 1, 2, 3, 4, whatever. But to me, I think by... Such a safe answer, dude. By the end of May, we'll know. Oh, come on. What about you? What what say you? You think next week? I'm going to say, I'm going to put a specific date on it. Okay. I'm going to say, when does it launch for us? The 13th of June, I believe. 13th of June. I'm going to say May, just because they're going to screw us over. It's going to be May 19th. Okay. It's going to be the day after we record. <laughs> that's why and right, that it's it. gonna go that it's gonna go up it's gonna give three weeks until it launches everywhere yeah i feel like that's a good uh good time table. they need a month and listen when they do 
come out with all that great stuff we will be covering it whether it is a oh, breaking news episode whether that is an on-time episode like one of these uh whether it's a normal show or surprise show or extra show whatever show let's hope it's a normal show let's hope it's a normal show but we'll we'll yeah. break that news for you that's it kyle there's one more big piece of news to talk about so take it away uh from ryan underscore dinsdale at ign PlayStation is, like Xbox, hiring an acquisitions manager. The move mirrors a hiring advertised by Xbox last week for a manager of gaming strategy and development as both publishers seek to purchase increasing numbers of developers. As reported by Video Games Chronicle, business analyst Robert Serrano spotted the job listing. The new director will lead Sony's corporate development team, which is responsible for, quote, identifying inorganic growth opportunities through acquisitions, investments, or inorganic ventures, end quote. I know, it's weird. Sony is seeking someone with video game expertise, and the candidate will not only help find and develop the initial opportunities, but also align them with Sony's overall culture and work process to, quote, drive significant long-term value for the company, end quote. Working closely with the overall management team, the new director will seemingly be at the forefront of PlayStation and its first-party studios, with the post promising, quote, a chance to influence the evolution of this fast-paced sector, end quote. These things ain't slowing down, Kyle. No. And here's where I would like to report I have a new job. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Kyle. Are you working for the inside? Could you imagine? <laughs> That's how it happens right here along yeah. the show? Well, I now like, I gotta... Oh, guess what? Ember Labs. It's a thing. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Yeah, what type of Square how Enix? Did, it's a thing. Rocksteady? It's ours. It's ours. <laughs> yeah, how, how how does that job work? Right? Like I'm guessing a lot of budgeting, a, I, a lot of pie charts. Be, because like this goes to show that like Sony is in it for the long haul in terms Absolutely. of acquisition. So like this ain't gonna stop. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to stop in the next mm-hmm. five plus years. This is gonna keep going. So first off, great sign if you're Sony or yeah. a Sony fan wondering if they're what they're going to do as next, competitive because yeah. that uh-huh. was the one thing when Activision was was uh, first or offered. Uh, sorry, Microsoft offered to buy Activision. Sony shares uh, you know, dropped because they're like, we don't think you could compete on this level. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see Jim Ryan try to compete on this level and hire outside sources. So that it seems like they understand as as well as their parent company, Sony, that hey, things are about to get hairier here in in the games industry. The a- acquisition season is going to be a, a years-long thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we need to be prepared for And we need yeah. to make some, not to say tough calls, but we need to make the right calls. So, like, as much as we want Ember Labs, do they actually make sense for us? Sure. Yeah. Right? As much as we want Square Enix, does it make sense for us? Maybe an Ubisoft. Maybe he's gives up, gives it up for 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 Sony. But like that, it's it's awesome to see that there is a job out there that is solely focused on what makes a good fit for PlayStation. Yeah, and its culture there. I but like going back to your jokey kind of question beforehand, what is that day to day? Is that person just going, hey Jim? Let's buy Supergiant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim, I really want to buy From Software. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Like, and then what? You go back to your desk, eat lunch, and then find another talented game studio that you want to buy? Yeah, I, I think what it probably does is it puts pressure off the executives 
of trying to find something. So I know like who penned, I think Sean Layden penned the deal with Insomniac. So oh, instead okay. of it having to be Sean Layden, maybe it's Sean Baden, his brother. Mm. <laughs> Change his last name. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> the family was like, we can have two Sean's, but not two Laydens. <laughs> Said Sarah Clayton. <laughs> Uh, that being and said, Stephanie though. Dayton comes in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do wonder, like, what is and how do they identify that growth? Yeah. Because, like, the first thing that pops in my head, Kyle, mm-hmm. is like, dude, just, hey, just give me a good, I don't know, you know, a small family loan of a million dollars. I could sort you guys out with some good studios. Yeah, right? Like, it is the dream of running through Toys R Us as a kid and having three minutes for whatever <laughs> in the cart you want, and then you have to get back to the finish line. Exactly. And it's all yours. God damn, what a great show. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. That said, Kyle, it's time for some flash news. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go real fast. Kyle, Sifu has an update. It sure does. Has multiple difficulty options. Players will now be able to choose their difficulty in Sifu, student, disciple, and master. The original Sifu difficulty level corresponds with the middle set setting. Well, Jesus Christ. And experienced players who have already finished the game could experience it on the master difficulty. New outfits in the store. Uh, oh, God. I'm sorry. You all right? Oh, yeah, I think of that. New outfits in the store. Uh, advanced training mode. And the updated training mode, which will allow players to face any kind of uh, enemy archetype or bosses they have defeated mm. in the story, as well as face multiple enemies at once. Oh, Jesus Christ. And also dark mode and UI improvements. I'm going to go back to Sifu. I'm going to try oh, it out. Same. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm a student through and through. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that I will probably have a better time. Yeah. Uh, my only thing would be, mm-hmm. please don't update the trophies. <laughs> if, if playing it on student is going to invalidate my quest for a platinum, I'm going to be real bummed. Oh, yeah. Real bummed. <laughs> that being said, Kyle, another bit of flash news here. Chip shortage. What was that? This is a back scratcher that oh, I use as a pointer sweet. sometimes. Chip shortage until 2024. This comes from Push Square. Sony's PS5 production woes look to continue for quite some time. The Intel CEO, Pat Glelsinger, oh boy, I butchered that one, has said that the ongoing chip shortages, um, well, while speaking to uh, uh, CNBC, will continue to at least 2024. Oh, boy. We believe in our overall semiconductor shortage will now drift into 2024 from earlier estimates in 2023. Just because the shortages now have hit equipment in some of these factories ramps up will be more challenging. So basically, the chip shortage is starting to look like it's having an impact on the production line itself, not just the products. Oh, no. Who we... My second PS5 is going to be a long ways away. Long ways <laughs> away. And this really just, it, it just nails home, man. We got to stop putting all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. There has to be mul- multiple facilities worldwide. This is mm-hmm. ridiculous. All right. The last big story of the night, Kyle, you actually broke this. So how about you go ahead and you read it, sir? Sure. David Carcassol over at PlayStation Universe, writes, Sony invests in Excelbyte, a back-end service 
services platform for live service titles. Sony's latest investment has been revealed, though it's not an acquisition, but rather a financial investment in a company called Excelbyte, which provides back-end services for live service games, from matchmaking to cloud progression lobbies, etc. The report comes from website TechCrunch, and though it doesn't say exactly how much Sony put in, it does say that Excelbyte raised $60 million in this most recent round of funding. Other investors include NetEase, and some of Excelbyte's current clients include Remedy Entertainment, Deep Silver Volition, Crafton, and 1047 Games. Excelbyte was started by Junalil Lee, Lie, who also runs the company as chief executive officer back in 2016. Before that, Lie led the back-end engineering team at Epic Games. Lie wants to make the tools for live service games available to more developers quote many of those creators have started building live service games and they simultaneously realize how difficult it is to build a scalable back-end platform from scratch said we in an interview this results in delayed ship dates titles that have trouble scaling on launch and a backlog of live service features that are never implemented in game Building a bespoke backend platform distracts and diverts resources away from what game makers really want to spend their time on, perfecting the core gameplay loop for their players. End quote. Lin Tao, the senior vice president of finance and corporate development and strategy at Sony, said of the investment, quote, building massive and extensive online worlds requires significant technical infrastructure to ensure creators can achieve their vision, end quote. We already know that Sony intends to develop more live service titles going forward, and being able to outsource the backend infrastructure could be a great boon for PlayStation. They are really serious. (laughs) They really are, and this is very exciting. Like, when you read this, just think if, like, Marvel's Avengers had this at their... I feel like a lot of that progression stuff would have been fixed. Yeah. Or or have been easier to digest and easier to... Easier to do. Yeah. Right from the get go. And I mean, making, yeah, making services for live service games and matchmaking to cloud progression is the big one for me. Cause I'm like, yeah, being able to just, again, my progression from one game, jumping from one PS5 to the other to maybe even, I don't know, my iPad or my Steam Deck when, when, when the PlayStation Plus tiers move over to there. Um, makes a lot of sense, especially when you're thinking about putting your games on PC, how cross progression is going to matter when you're playing a game, whatever the, the game is, let's just say Twisted Metal, because that's the, the easy secret everyone knows mm-hmm. about. It's on your PlayStation 5 one minute, but then you need to head out and now it's on your laptop the next. You want to make sure that that progression comes with you. And Kyle, remember last week we were talking about trophies? Yeah. How trophy progression could be tied to this as well. Mm-hmm. The limits are endless here. This is yeah. actually super exciting. Super. It's very exciting. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add, sir? Nah. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is cool. This is cool geeky stuff that I'm going to nerd out on for sure. Mm-hmm. That said, Kyle, are you holding on to something? I am. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront in the week of May the 2nd. On May 2nd, Car Mechanic Simulator on PlayStation 5. On May 3rd, Eidos Amigos Galactic Explorer. Uh, sorry, Adios Amigos. Jesus, I sounded like a white dad. <laughs> Adios Amigos, the Galactic Explorers comes to PS4. Uh, Picto Quest comes to PlayStation 4. On May the 4th, Slap the Rocks 
comes to PlayStation Five, Kyle, you know, you know, you need I, to I, do. I, yeah, absolutely. Let's just look this bad boy up. Wildcat Gun Machine. This is the next one you need to look up on PlayStation Five and PS Four. And then on May fifth, Riff Tracks the game I'm comes on PS Five and PS Four. And then last but not leastly, I think the game we're all excited for, Trek to Yomi comes out on PlayStation Five and PlayStation Four. Kyle, tell me, tell me what Slap Rocks is. I'm I'm trying to find a video because I can't. Uh It doesn't even have one. No, it does. It just I have an ad for some reason. Okay, what's the ad for? Uh, Hero Wars. Oh god, it's one of those mobile games that. Raid Shadow it, Legends? Like the world premiere that everybody loves in the office? Raid Shadow Legends? Oh, oh god. Okay, so Slap the Rocks okay. is a game. Mm-hmm. It looks like a puzzle game, but it's one of those annoying puzzles where you have to move the boulders to make paths to get through the environments. Oh, so you're boy. literally slapping rocks to fill in gaps or to open gaps to collect things to oh, unlock the door. Like the, yeah, I see. Like in, like in Pokemon Red. Yes, absolutely. You have to move those guys. Oh, th- that sucks. Yeah. Oh, this game sucks. Uh, let me, what was oh, the Wildcat Gun Machine? It. Yeah, Wildcat Gun Machine. Uh, but like the Rift Tracks game, I did not know that was a thing. What's Rift Tracks? Rift Tracks is a, uh, or it's a show that okay. I think you can go to movie theaters to see sometimes. Really? It's comedians that watch movies and make fun of them during the movies. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Mystery Science Theater. Oh, okay. All right. And, and so if this is a game where we can make fun of the clips, yeah. like a Jackbox thing, that could be very exciting. So I have this up, um, yeah, featuring 250 movie clips from the Rift Tracks library. Hmm. Including fan favorites such as Roller Gator, Attack of the Super Monsters, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and more. Featuring two exciting ways to play. Write your own riff mm-hmm. or leave it to the pros and choose from 2,000 riffs already that are from the team. Oh, cool. Play so this kind of sounds like uh, Quiplash a little bit. Yeah. Uh, right. Also, Twitch integrations to get your whole chat in action with ch- Twitch chat voting, additional moderation, privacy, and content tools. Ooh, wee. Cool. All right. Uh, Wildcat gun machine. I actually took a look at it. It's it's Ooh, a it's bullet like hell a dungeon crawler. Exactly, bullet hell gu- dungeon crawler. Uh, so I, I could get down on that. I could get right, down on that. All right. That's it, Kyle. It's time we end this show with our favorite segment. Oh, real quick though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think I expanded on it. Okay. From after I was after Pax, but Chuck Yomi. Yeah. I played it. Yeah. Little bummed out by it. Could have been, could have been the input lag on the the setting on the TV, but there was something off. Okay. It took a little too hard, long for the attacks to register and the blocking. Got my ass kicked very hard. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Okay. I'm just hoping that it was a location issue and not the, a game issue. Yeah, it seems like it's got to be a game issue for sure. That's I hope moment. not. Uh, yeah, no, I'm still going to check out Truck to Yomi no, for sick. sure. Uh, because I think it's only 20 bucks as well. I believe so as well. Uh, PS yeah. Plus, I think it's 18. I think there's Ooh, a discount. Wee. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. That said, it's time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeah. Now, you may be wondering 
on this show. How do we get all these questions from all these great people? I well, do wonder each that. and every week over at PS trophy room on Twitter, we ask for your questions and over on the discord server, the trophy room discord server link down in the description, join us, join this awesome community. Talk about the great things. PlayStation's doing the games you're playing, all that great stuff over at the discord community and have your questions read on the show. Just like our good friend, Katie, Katie. who wrote in asking this, Hey guys, Hope you all are doing well and going, I'm going to be saving this episode for Monday because I'm headed off to France to visit my parents. Wow. Uh, So when listening to this, I'll be on the plane. This got me thinking. It's wild. The person sitting next to you smells so bad. I know. Oh my God. Then they had to take the window. He ordered the fish on a plane. How dare you? How dare you? You always go with the safe bet, which is chicken (laughs) or just none of it. Anyway, uh, got me thinking. (laughs) If you could go on vacation to any video game world slash setting, where would you want to hang out? Mm. Also, just for fun, who would be your ideal travel buddy? Keep up with the immense work, you guys. Love you. Stay safe. Likewise, oh, Katie. Hope you have a very safe trip. Absolutely. Oh man, I have I have a location that instantly popped in my brain. Okay, go for it. But it's like I feel like that's my answer for everything. Almost. <laughs> Just say it. Speak but for your I heart. really, I really want to go to the Gold Saucer in Final Fantasy VII. You're not familiar because you haven't played the original game. Yeah. But Gold Saucer, think of it as like a Dave and Buster's arcade. Okay. But it's in the Final Fantasy universe. They have arcade machines. There's shows. It's pretty much like a like a casino. Okay. I, I think that would be a The lot Canto Bite. Yeah. But yeah. without it being Canto Bite. Right. Yeah. And there's a there's a weapon that defends it i guess or is around that area is it also a house Uh, no it's not a house (laughs) it's a giant mechanical weapon i I think it's emerald weapon or ruby weapon i forget which one i was thinking is it the honeybee in yes yeah yeah um is that where you're going i I mean i wouldn't mind going to honeybee yeah check it out um Let's see. Let's see. Let's. See. I mean, is his cloud going? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, where would I want to go? This is a cop out, but I feel like I want to go here in the first place. It's a real place that I could visit because, like, I could say, "Oh, Manhattan." It's you know, Spider Man. I'm going there sure. next week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's all right. But I really want to see Sushima. I was about to say, duh, hashtag get the guys Sushima. That yeah. should have been the answer. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I mean, it, you just tell me a season where it's in full bloom and uh, I'll, I'll, I need to go visit that island. I run around and chase foxes and then people are like, <laughs> what's that American doing chasing all these goddamn foxes? Get I can totally here. see you be like going to places where you had to use your grappling hook. Yep. <laughs> like traverse things and like, where's <laughs> mine? I need to get over there. I'm trying to wind up my, my grappling hook and it just falls off. Like, or no matter where you are in the world, you reach down, rip up some grass and the wind will show you where to go. <laughs> you just throw it up. It's like, I'm going that way. Where's the nearest chilies? <laughs> like chilies in Japan. Where wind. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I would go And who would be my travel buddy? Hmm I mean, obviously I would want to go with you Or any of the people that I 
converse with. Well, I'm thinking video game world. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, video game travel buddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And because this is a travel buddy, there is no sexual tension. We're just buds. Just platonic friendship. Strictly platonic. Okay. This is not like a getaway suite. Sure. All right. Okay. I'm sorry, Cloud. It's not going to happen between Take us. Take it away, my answer. That's right. Uh, I got to say Clank, dude. Clank? Clank's going to be my butt. Not bud. Ratchet. No, because he needs to be the reasonable one. Like, mm. he's going to be like the Siri that doesn't annoy me. Okay. Wow. Like Tsushima was uh, <laughs> explored by the Japanese in, you know. Yeah, you want to go somewhere y. on vacation with a walking tour guide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about and that. And then like and then like people are speaking Japanese, he's able to to oh, translate to, it for you. Translate it for me. Because you're too lazy to take your phone out. <laughs> well also too cheap to, to pay for a translator. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So I'm like, what are they saying? Talk to this box. <laughs> Who do uh oh i'm going i'm going to the gold saucer with nathan drake okay i'm having a good time with drake i feel like there's a gunfight that's gonna happen because absolutely there will be (laughs) kyle how did you get shot oh man you did not know he was on a heist (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness una writes in hey there guys welcome to may where me and kyle level up in life and may the fourth be with you. Oh my God, you know, thank and you also so much. with you. And also with you. Uh, and I got a Series X. Dang. Let's just say Anders or Trevor may have been involved. Who knows? Ooh, Ooh okay. My question for this week is an interesting one. What video game characters or anniversary do you share your birthday with? I'm curious because I share a birthday with Tifa from FF7. Hey. Best girl, by the way. Without a doubt. Why is he hung up on uh, Aerith? Listen, man. Stupid idiot. No. He's dumb. And also, the first Spider-Man movie in 2002. So I leave it oh. the floor to you guys. Let me see. Yeah, I gotta look. I don't know. Uh, what video games? Let's see. What video games? I have a lot of anime characters came. born on May 11th. Is that video games? Uh, characters born on spoiler October fourth. I'm looking this up, and unfortunately, have to use Yahoo. <laughs> uh, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. I do share a birthday with uh, a Mog from Final Fantasy. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. Movie wise, though, I go. I go. Video game characters born on October fourth. Yahoo pulls up. Donald Duck, born oh. June 9th. <laughs> not, <laughs> not what I wanted to know. Oh my goodness! All right, let's see what came out on May eleventh. I share. Oh, ooh, here's a good one. Here's like oh, a. Wow. What is this? What is this? Let me see. Video game horoscope. So I'm gonna scroll all the way down. Uh, but while you're doing that, my movies that I share a birthday with, which is next Wednesday, that's right. Mm-hmm. Next week's episode will be recorded on my birthday. <gasps> uh, I share my birthday with the Angry Birds movie opening weekend, Dark Shadows, <laughs> A Night's Tale, A Road Trip, 28 Weeks Later, a bunch that I've never heard of before. 
This one sucks. I don't know any of these characters. They're, half of them are from Fire Emblem. This sucks. I don't like any of this. I don't... What character do I share a birthday with? Damn it. I don't... They, they're not showing me. I'm sorry, you know. I'm sorry. Uh, but blame Yahoo and their awful search engine. I'll never find out who I'm, my, I share birthdays with. All right. Kenzoku Riku writes in. How is it going, you guys? It's been a stacked first half of the year nearly, and we have gotten so many. Oh, my God. I thought we were fine. I thought we were going to go this whole show without it. So many bangers. Yeah. Bang, bang. Not just from PlayStation, but everyone is killing it and delivering some masterpieces between Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, Kirby. Let's leave them out. And more. (laughs) My question is. Would you consider, so far, your personal game of the year, and do you see it changing by the end of the year? If, let's just say, God of War hits, or we get a surprise out of left field. Kyle, what say you? Uh, right now, it's Horizon, even though I need to go back to it. <laughs> uh, right now, it's Elden Ring. It's not even close. Mm. Uh, th- that's that's just it for me, man. Like yeah. Elden Ring is phenomenal, and... Honestly, the only game that I could think maybe dethrones it is if God of War comes out. Same. Because it's, yeah, it's great. That said, here's a, here's one from Dewane Raksha. And this is probably one for you, Luke. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke Jesus. What? Did this I get added to the Xbox expansion party? Uh, let's hope not. Dewane, it's just my hatred is fueled by this man, and he, he has no bounds. Uh, he's not living rent free in my head, so don't put out this yeah, clip. Sure, like he's living rent free in my head. I just confuse my white people from time to time. Everybody knock it off. Dewane Raksha writes in: Is there a book series which doesn't have a video game adaptation which you think deserves one? I've actually gone on record and say mm-hmm. I think Hunger Games would make a really good battle royale game. Okay. Where like and it was very close to oh uh, what was that game, uh the Darwin Project, mm. where the, somebody was like the game master and blocked off zones and gave other people presents to buff them whatnot in the game, like I feel like Hunger Games would make a really cool multiplayer battle royale game. Okay, um for me, a book. You know, why not make a Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, from the... We're doing an FMV game? Yeah, FMV game. Yeah. Like, let's okay. throw it back to, like, like you know, Life is Strange. You know, that uh-huh. type of style uh-huh. of game. Narrative okay. driven. Sure. So maybe moms can understand video games. Mm. Like, what kind, of, what kind of rope to use? Exactly. I just yeah. thought, I want to see a flustered mom break into someone's <laughs> their child's room and go, I need your Xbox. <laughs> oh, for reasons. Uh g- give me your logins. <laughs> Choose your own safe word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a God. new genre of games. Choose your own safe word. Oh, Jesus. Um other than that, uh, like, you know what would be cool? I I'm pretty sure they it. had I'm pretty sure there were a couple, I think, movie tie-ins. Yeah. Give me, like, no joke. There's two from when mm. I was younger. Give me, like, a good Goosebump game. 
that takes place in the books. Okay. Or I don't know if you remember this series. Where's there an Animorph game? Yes. Animorphs would be cool. <laughs> Honestly, give that to Drinkbox, man. I think oh, they would be yes. able to nail that absolutely yeah animorphs because that was just dumb fun man those books are stupid a group of kids come across an alien spaceship and then they have the power to turn into animals i remember except for tobias who gets stuck as a hawk (laughs) or eagle or whatever it was but he can still telepathically speak to his friends i remember the the one major thing i remember is my brother was deathly scared of one animorph that just turned into an alien. Oh, like, no, from there was alien. an alien. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And because of the cover, it was like holographic. It would like change. My brother, I don't know why, scared the shit out of him. Yeah. He was just terrified of UFOs. Oh, yeah. He's like, they exist. They're real. And it, well, now they are. Like, we can, which is nuts. Uh, but it's just like, <laughs> it's like, Dan, stop. And one day he got so freaked out, he burned that book. And like <laughs> this book of like aliens. On the grill. Oh. We just literally walked in with my brother having a panic attack and just burning. He's like, I got to get rid of this book. It's like, you could just throw it in the recycling. It's like, no, it must be all evidence. Uh, just, I, I'm i looking at the covers of Animorphs, and yeah. they would be my go-to like on the book fair day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, which Animorph book am I going to buy and bring home? There's one I want to share with you so bad right now that I don't remember, but it's going to mm-hmm. screw up the video portion. Okay. But <laughs> it's it's one of the girls and she's sitting like uh legs crossed. Yeah. Like uh, sitting down. And then the second phase, because if you don't know, it's the human form slowly transforming into an animal on every cover. Yeah. And it's like a mix at some Honestly, point. Honestly, share me your screen. I, I I'll Are you sure? Yeah, ruin the video version for just this. I I, I gotta see this woman sitting crisscross applesauce. She, she's sitting too. crisscross and then her arms go like out and she's turning into a starfish <laughs> it's the weirdest i don't remember this cover at all <laughs> oh my god and it's it this is the alien dude right that your brother was afraid of yep yeah oh god i echoed a little bit i'm sorry audio listeners but you guys need to see oh. woman transforming into oh, look at this guy turning into starfish. a spider <laughs> that's, uh, that's our answer <laughs> Animorphs, one hundred percent animorphs. Kyle, that's it. That's been the show this week. What a terrific show! Terrific show. Terrific show. With all that said, with all that out of the way, Kyle, is there anything you'd like to highlight before we head on out here? Sure, I'd like to highlight myself, Mister Ksip, on Twitter and, and pretty much everywhere. Uh, go uh, give all the indie game coverage that we do over at 61indie.com a look. That's S-I-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E as well as 61indie on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all the things. We just uh, revamped our Patreon uh, with some cool new um, incentives like uh, a a new showcase, uh, indie showcase um, that we're shouting out that we just did. Um Many other really cool things, including a new show called Pigeons After Dark, Ooh. which is like our conversational show. It's going to be very, very sexy. Oh, not really. not really. I don't know. It's just going to be us bullshitting around and not talk about games. Okay. So, yeah. 
Oh, Fun yeah. times. There you go. And you can find me, of course, at Mr. Badbit. You can find this show wherever you find your podcast service of choice. And you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can rate us five stars on Spotify. And if you were to be so inclined, it really does help us out. If you go to patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room, even just a dollar a day keeps the debtors at bay. We want to do some really big things. And it's only possible with your support over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. With all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, Keep your what's about you, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Bye. Love you. She turned into a starfish. Starfish. Oh.